Listener Production. Johnny Ruffo's life wasn't exactly going to plan in 2017. It was going beyond whatever the tradie turned performer could ever have even imagined, let alone planned. Johnny auditioned for X Factor Australia in 2011 on a whim. What's your name? Johnny Ruffo. Your surname's Ruffo? Yeah. What do you do for a job, Johnny? Uh, I'm a concreter. Great. It sort of adds to the roughness, you know. And after placing third, signed a recording contract with Sony. He won Dancing with the Stars the following year, released a debut single and joined the cast of Home and Away. Johnny Ruffo's coming back to win the heart of one girl. Never felt like this about anyone before. Home and Away. But then Johnny started suffering from really severe headaches and, after emergency surgery, woke up and was told that he had brain cancer. By 2019, he was in remission, but in 2020, the cancer returned. Five years on, and Johnny is still fighting, and he's fighting to win. My name is Jamila Rizvi, and welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Up next, Bron joins me for The Weekend List, where we recommend what to watch, see, do, eat, and listen to. But first, here is my very moving conversation with Johnny Ruffo. Johnny Ruffo, welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Thank you for having me. Hey, it is so good to meet you. I almost feel a bit uncomfortable because I've followed you on social media for maybe five years now. So I feel like I know so much about you and your life. And I know nothing about you. Exactly. It's almost not fair because you don't know anything about me. But that's okay because I am the one doing the interview. So I am going to kick us off. You have a whole lot of strings to your bow. You're a singer, a songwriter, a dancer, an actor, a TV presenter, and a newly minted author. So what I want to ask is that we go right back to the beginning when you were a kid. Were any of those titles in your future? When you got asked what you wanted to be when you grew up, have things gone to plan? Well, I don't know. Now they have, obviously. For me, personally, I I feel like they've gone to plan. But when I was younger, I wanted to be so many different things. You know, I wanted to be an architect at one point. I wanted to be an engineer and random things as well. You know, I wanted to be a builder. I've got a seven-year-old who wants to be a Pokemon trainer. Well, naturally, I always wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when I was a kid. I'm going to have to break that to him one day. No, you can't. You're going to break his heart. So when did music become the sort of thing that sort of came to the surface in your life as something that you wanted to stick with, that you wanted to do more of and that, that you knew you were you were special at? Um, I never really had like an epiphany moment where I thought, oh, I'm actually all right at this. I never really thought that I was good at it. I just thought that if I keep at it, something may come about someday and I just kept at it, you know. I was rehearsing all the time. I joined a band in Perth and I just sort of just kept trucking along, taking little baby steps at a time to slowly improve in little different areas and just eventually the band that I was with, they're called Supernova and they they were the guys that said, oh, you should, you should audition for this. It's perfect for you, you know, X Factor, you dance, you sing. And I was like, oh, no, it wouldn't be any good for me. It's not kicking me out. And on on the last day of auditions in Perth, I thought, 
Ah, stuff it. I've got nothing to do today. I wasn't working, so I thought, oh, stuff it. I'll, I'll go to the. I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been the. I don't know. It was some big hotel that had a huge foyer area or a gala ball, and it was hired out and split up into different rooms where you'd sing in front of a, of a producer, and then you'd move to the next set. Well, and then you end up on the show, right? Like there's a big difference between the first kind of, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go, see what happens, and then we're putting you on TV now and the whole country is watching. Yeah, we're putting you on TV now. So you're going to have Ronan, Nat, Guy and Mel B watching you and they're going to judge you on the spot. This is it. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. I feel like you've just uh, spoken to the level of that fame by the fact that you didn't even have to say any of those people's last names. Right, yeah. I mean, everyone's going to know who you're talking about. Like that's the level of fame that you were performing in front of, performing for. It was really daunting. You just need majority votes. Like it doesn't have to be unanimous. You only needed three out of four, but still it... It scared the shit out of me. Like you stand there and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I was so nervous. I would say, you know, the look, the dancing was probably about an eight. I would say the singing was probably about a six. But Ronan, mate, you look great, great moves, but hold them back a little bit and, uh, you know, your, your voice is okay. Uh, it's a yes from me, mate. Now, you weren't just talented singing you you know you were you were on the show you were singing beautifully you were dancing but you were also something else you were someone who viewers kind of fell in love with what was that experience like right you you're this ordinary guy you're living a good life working as a tradie having fun and suddenly you're on national tv and more than that you've got a nation that are really behind you you were so quickly a fan favorite how did you compute that in your brain? How does that change your daily life? The only thing that really changed was you'd have people come up to you out of nowhere and wanting a photo. And it's just like, it took quite a while to see yourself as a, not famous, I don't like the word famous, just a celebrity. For a while there, I felt like everything was just going right. You know, like I, I couldn't, like I was trying to kick a goal and I just couldn't miss. And then all of a sudden I had this diagnosis of brain cancer just threw my whole world into chaos. And it was just, it was crazy. Can you, if you feel comfortable, tell me about the day you got diagnosed and what that felt like? Uh, well, I woke up from a coma slash surgery. Well, I didn't know what had happened. I was like, where the hell am I? Like literally looking around, had no idea where I am. And I asked the nurse that I had, his name was Elliot and he was awesome. But I was asking him the most absurd questions. I said, can I please use your phone? Where's my phone? Sorry, I said. The where's my phone? Like for some reason I was angry. I don't know why. I'm like, where's my phone? And he's like, oh, Tani took it home. I was like, oh, how much was it called then? <laughs> Just being random. And he said, 
Oh, you can use my phone. I said, but I don't know a number. <laughs> Who knows anyone's numbers these days? For some reason, I said, I oh, just give me the phone. I'll... I knew my dad's number off the top of my head because he has had the same number for like 20 years or however long. Same, yes. My dad is exactly the same. So uh, I managed to call my dad, but they, my dad, my mum and my brother were on a flight from Perth because Tani had told them what had happened and I was in ICU having a tumour, a brain tumour removed, which I can't imagine would have been fun to have to do. I called him and I left a message like, Dad, you're not going to believe what's happened. <laughs> but I was like chirpy about it. I'm like, I just had a brain, I just had a brain tumour. You know, and I listened to the message afterwards and it's hilarious. I mean, it's not, it's not hilarious, but the way that I deliver it is quite humorous for the situation that's going on because I would have just been on, you know, morphine and all sorts and I was just really like, you're not going to believe what happened. So there's me making jokes at one end and everyone else like so serious, like we have to get to the hospital, we have to get yeah, the two opposite ends of the spectrum. So when the drugs had started to wear off and you had come to a better understanding of what you'd just been through, I mean, at that time, how much did you know about brain cancer? How much did you know about brain cancer before you knew you had it? Not a single thing. It's one of these things, like, you know, you always hear about cancer. And until I was put in under the microscope and you're in this now, you have cancer, you're no longer one of those people that hears about cancer, you have it. And you're thrown into the deep end. There's no doubt about that because you, there's so many things you don't know. Like you think you know, like cancer's horrible, yeah, so-and-so's got it. But then there's so many minor things that you just don't know, like the, the nausea, the feeling sick, the vomiting, you know, the losing the hair. And there's these so many different little things that make it so real. And it's horrible. It's, I don't know how to explain it properly, but it's hard to explain these things to somebody that hasn't been through it or been through it with you or been through it with someone else. So this is probably the point that I say that um, <laughs> I have a recurrent brain tumour. So maybe unlike everyone else, I, I do have a bit of an idea. Oh, God, do you really? Yeah. Why are you telling me this now? <laughs> Look, I know I am dropping this in late. I'm dropping it on you late. <laughs> I was not going to mention it. But when you started talking about saying that you couldn't explain it to people who didn't know what it was like, I sort of had to tell you that I, I do know what it's like. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, my hair's grown back. So, you know, you can see the craniotomy scars. I'm leaning into the camera for those listening at home. One of the things, Johnny, that I found particularly hard was that at times like surgeries or even during treatment like radiation or chemotherapy, everyone rallies around you and your people really come come to the front and they come in around you tight, uh, friends, family, colleagues, or all of them. But sometimes the hardest bits of being sick is when there's not active treatment happening and you still feel rubbish because then there's no one there. Yeah, and you feel lonely, man. And then it's lonely. Not true. So when you realised this was not going to be 
a surgery where you came out, you were fixed and went about your life. When you realised that this would maybe be more surgeries and more treatment and an ongoing experience of illness for you, where, where did your head go? Because some people quit their job and go skydiving or they move to the Maldives or they change their lives completely. Were you someone who made a lot of changes to the way your life was before you got sick? Well, that's the thing. Everything was going so right for me and then everything came to a grinding halt and I'm like, shit, what do I do now? Like it's, literally it was just like bang. Everything just like I hit a brick wall and just stopped. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? Like and my life was moving at such a fast pace. Like everything was anything I'd attempted to do would come off. Like first I I did um X Factor and like I did not in a million years expect to make the top three, the, the grand final, let alone the top 12, like the grand final. I didn't think I was top three material, to be honest. I just put my head down and, and just utilised everything they had to offer, the dance rehearsals, the vocal sessions, like everything they had to offer, I just... Soaked it up like a sponge as much as I could. I worked my ass off. I tried to just remain who I was, just an everyday bloke. You were tradie. Because I wasn't trying to be someone that I wasn't. I think that's because I stayed true to myself. A lot of people probably voted for that purpose as well because this guy's just like, you know, someone you'd have a drink down the pub with. Yeah. Rather than... You know, he's trying to be tosser on this, that and the other. I don't know. <laughs> it's a real juxtaposition, isn't it? There was the, there was the life you were living before and then there's this sliding doors moment. You've had the X Factor grand final, you're doing work on Home and Away, you're like this quintessential Australian superstar. There are thousands of teenagers around the country who are thinking, when I grow up, I want to be you. But the reality is that, you know, for, for most of them, they... they they won't be. They can. They can, though. They just need to work hard, work your ass off. There's people out there that will try and shoot you down, honestly. The amount of times that I've heard I'm not good enough at this, you're not good enough at that, you can't do this, you can't do that. The amount of times that I have been told that I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know what the best revenge is? Success is the best revenge. Yeah. Just go out there and say, all right, this guy thinks I'm not good enough. I'm going to practice twice as hard as I was before so I can succeed this goal and prove that person wrong because I am good enough. You know, you're not going to be, you might not be the best, but if you practice enough, you're not going to be the worst. You've got to believe in yourself. mindset you've taken to your work and the and the creative industry and music what kind of mindset do you take when it comes to your health oh that's such a hard that's such a difficult question I know I need an answer because I don't know that's why I'm asking you the problem is I it's, it's completely out of my hands at the end of the day right it's completely out of my hands and I'm like 
Something like bitch. The lack of control above everything else is the hardest part. Absolutely. But you know what? You gotta live. You gotta live. We've only got one life and we have to live it. Don't let this shit ruin our life. Just gotta keep on kicking on one foot in front of the other and just fight every day. Find yourself something that keeps your mind occupied. Also, you have to let yourself heal as well. You know, like uh, there's days where I feel like shit, but you have to let yourself feel like shit as well. Because there's days that I'll just sit at home and cry because I'm like, ah, oh, this shit. But you got to let yourself do that as well. You're not going to be happy every day or any day. Sometimes you might feel shit for a week or a fortnight or however long. But then just, I just try to remember, you know, I've got to get back on the horse and just find someone to talk to even, whether it's a family member, friend. I talk to a psychologist. That helps sometimes. I speak to my brother a lot. I don't know if you've got any sisters or brothers. Yeah, yeah, I've got a sister. That would be perfect then. I'm sure you'd have said, are you close with her? Yes, we're very close. That helps. We've got all these photos of my sister and my husband uh, using my limp body after surgery, like like a scene from Weekend at Bernie's with the puppet situation. And they just took hundreds of photos that I found on my phone after my first brain surgery. And you're so right. Finding the fun, finding the laughter in the people around you is a distraction from the moment. You have to find a way to have fun even through those really dark times. Because when people say, and I've always said, oh, shut up, just a load of crap. People say, oh, laughter is the best medicine. Honestly, I've found that that tends to generally be the case. Like when I'm generally laughing like from the belly, you're just not thinking about all the shit stuff. You're just having a laugh with your family and your friends and it's just like, this feels great. I just This is just what I needed was to have a laugh and a bit of fun with friends and family and people that you love. One of the things people say to me a lot, and I imagine it gets said a lot to you as well, is that they tell you how brave you are. How do you respond to that? I think the positive one annoys me more, stay positive, and I'm like, Man, I'm not I'm not being negative right now, but I'm doing the best I can. Like I'm staying positive every day. I'm not, you know, wishing on negative thoughts. And everyone becomes a doctor as well. Are oh, you gonna try this herbal stuff that my friend had and they stopped chemo and they they survived now. Have you quit sugar? Oh, don't. How am I supposed to have my coffee in the morning if I don't have sugar? Johnny, I think you and I have got a bit in common, so I could probably talk to you all day, but I am so very much over time. I do want to ask before we wrap up, what's next for you? What are you planning in your work life? What do you want to do? Um, I'm going to continue with music, I think. I'm still writing at the moment, and I think just being able to write something and be able to maybe help someone else or just bring a little bit of joy to that person you can't beat it. You know, I always say it's better to give than it is to receive. And if you can make someone's life just that little bit more special, like bring a bit of joy to someone else's life, you'll never regret it. Whereas if you bring a bit of negativity to their life, you might think, oh, I wish I didn't do that. So 
just try and bring a bit of joy, keep the conversation going about brain awareness and uh, I'm just going to keep doing music and a bit, bit more acting. I want to say uh, thank you so much for your book. I haven't felt personally up to reading it in the last couple of weeks and I suspect you understand why now. Yeah, of course. But I am so looking forward to doing so when I'm in the right headspace. (laughs) And one of the things I found when I first got sick was that I felt really frustrated by how little there was to read or watch or listen to. Yeah. And I remember feeling very alone being young and being sick and your social media presence was something that I found and that helped me feel better and helped me feel less alone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. There are a whole lot of people who are going to benefit from your book and also from your beautiful music. Thank you for being my guest on The Weekend Briefing. Thank you for having me. That's it for my conversation with Johnny Ruffo today. You can buy his brand new book, No Finish Line, which is available at all the good bookstores right now or online at Booktopia. Don't go away. Bron is jumping into the hot seat for The Weekend List. It is weekend list time. Bron is here and I'm seriously hoping that you've got some good TV for me to watch this weekend, Bron, because I am completely exhausted and I just need to veg out on the couch. So I do have a good TV show, but you're going to have to wait until Monday. Um, Have you been paying attention? I've just rediscovered it. I used to watch it years ago. And then the last few weeks I've been back on the train. It is just so funny. I really am enjoying it. It's got like some of Australia's best comedians on it. I love that there's a mix of like, you know, our comedians that we all know and love, plus, you know, some of the newcomers as well that we get to know um, along the way too. It's a panel show, like a quiz show with comedians. I'm sure we all know and love it, but get back on the train because I know a lot of us like me have not been watching a lot of network television for a while. So it's worth getting back on the train for this one. It's literally just laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, I do love that show, especially to kind of just, I don't know, sit down at the end of a really rough day and just relax and have some really lighthearted, ridiculous humour. And how they are that quick and that smart, I will never understand. I also have a TV recommendation that you will have to wait for Monday to watch, and that is House of the Dragon, which is, of course the prequel to Game of Thrones, which was probably the biggest television show of the last decade. This one is based on George R.R. Martin's Fire and Blood, which is a series that is set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and it focuses on the story of the House Targaryen for the uninitiated. Those are the really blonde ones with the dragons. It's a really great cast and I... I'm really enjoying it. I found the first episode a little bit slow, probably because there was just so much kind of setting up of worlds and characters to do. It almost felt a bit procedural. But by the second episode, I am back in. I'm back in to the world of Westeros and the world of dragons and totally ready for it. They consider the matter urgent, that of your succession. Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. Rhaenyra, no queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir, Daemon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter. Ooh, fun. My next one is a podcast called Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. She is amazing. She's a psychotherapist. The podcast is based in her therapy um, office, basically. She sees these anonymous couples and just goes in search of 
all these different areas of relationship problems, whether it's, you know, infidelity or people not being attracted to their partners anymore or, you know, just any relationship issues. There's a lot that she dives into and it feels like you're inside. Well, you really are. You're inside a therapy session and it's so fascinating. You get to hear the ins and outs. If you're like me and like to gossip a little and <laughs> and like to know the drama going on in people's lives, this is such a, yeah, interesting way to way to do it. She takes you through her thought process on why she thinks these couples aren't um, necessarily working at the moment, what they can do to fix it. It's a really interesting podcast. That sounds awesome. And I have been hunting for another good podcast. I love the briefing every morning, but I sometimes need something as well as my news. So I appreciate that. I want to recommend a bit of an odd one, Bron, a bit of an odd one. But I made a discovery during last week which I need to share with the world. It was basically magic. And when I say I discovered it, I found out how to do it on the internet, but then I clicked away from the link so I can't give you credit to the person who came up with it, but I suspect about a million people have. So you'll forgive me. So it's this. You know those rice paper rolls that you can make and you like you put them in hot water and then you add like delicious things inside them and you roll them up and you're often available at Vietnamese shops and they're just absolutely delicious. I make them at home for my family all the time because they are one of the things my son will eat that is not a peanut butter and jam sandwich, which is good times. I didn't know that you could fry the sheets. So what you do is you fill up your like fry pan with oil. It doesn't have to be like super high, just a bit of oil. And then I use like a, a cold pressed sunflower oil because I think that tastes um, really delicious. And then you just cut up the circle sheet thingies <laughs> into whatever shape you want. And then you just drop them in the boiling oil and they puff up. So they're almost like a prawn cracker minus the prawn. They puff up into these like rice paper puffs and then you can fill them with all sorts of deliciousness. I added like a raw tuna and like sashimi sort of style and then added like sesame seeds and sriracha and some mayo and soy sauce and mixed it all up together and it was so delicious and so fancy and everyone thought I was very impressive but really all I did was chop up the rice paper rolls with scissors. Oh my god that sounds delicious. (laughs) That's it everyone you're welcome. That is it for the weekend briefing but I feel like you've got a lot to take away with yourselves this weekend. If you want more of my tremendous cooking tips and all of the other things the briefing and the weekend briefing have to offer, then the best thing for you to do is subscribe. So you can download the listener app and follow us there, or you can subscribe or follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're there, please leave us a rating and a review because it will help other people to find the podcast. It means we become more popular and we do more wonderful content for you all. We will be back in your ears bright and early on Monday morning with the latest headlines straight to your headphones. Thank you for your company this week. Stay safe. Talk soon. Listener.